cliffcentral.com This could possibly be the best Kwaito song I've ever heard in my life. Oh. Yeah, yeah, ah, we don't know. Sing this no. <laughs> sing, please sing to this one. No. Please. Oh. I don't, I can't follow. Is it any... Bakulum, bakulumi English, minankulumi English, manje, amazo guti, batini. Batini, 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 batini. Aungjelo guti, batini, mkutu. Aungjelo. Please, please respect the medium. Please respect the medium. No, no, bati. No, I need to end this interview now. Bati, bati, are they on the rocks? No. On the rocks. You must respect the medium, please. What must I say? Matter why when two black people speaking, they can't speak vernacular? I don't understand. Uh, not my, not my circus, not my clowns. I don't know. <laughs> so you, you're admitting that you do have a circus? Okay, that's good. That is not my circus. Sanmenan <laughs> Nongke, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's frankly speaking, one hour of absolute rubbish uh, on your station. Uh, why are you gonna call? You, you, you think I'm gonna spend an hour speaking rubbish? It's true. I mean, to be honest, Gareth Cliff tweeted something very interesting. Well done, Rory. Uh, he thinks that our show is the best. No, that's that's fascinating. Gareth Cliff confirmed. Check it out on uh, on his on, on, on Twitter. On, on Twitter, mm. his handle, Cliff Central handle, uh, Rory's handle, Andrew's handle. Oh, it's just going crazy. It's very cool. We've been getting a lot of good response from listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in, for being part of this, and confirming that we're the best, and confirming that we're the best. Um, we love you guys so much. We love you. We love you. No, uh, let's get on with it, man. Shit, we're talking crap, man. Let's get on with it. It's the song, isn't it? It's made us weird. I don't know how. You know, like this is this how they set us up. They they play this song for right. us. Right, monopoly. And then we don't. And then we come in and we're how not we like we're not, we're not we're, we're not we're not hardcore. Ready. We're not we we were never we were ready. never ready. <laughs> <laughs> what are we speaking about today? Come on, let's get so, on. So uh, another week. A lot of interesting things have happened, but I think. Uh, one of the more interesting things that has been uh, that has that has uh, captured the public imagination mm. and public concern is the Sasa crisis. Uh, what's going on? Are the grants going to be paid um, at the end of the month? Um, big question. CPS. We all know that, but I think an over uh, an overwhelming feeling that I had while watching uh, at least uh, the minister Dlamini uh, testifying in front of uh, Scopa in Parliament. Mm was just how and the activities before that so her interactions with her press conference, her press conference um, and then and then Lumka Olifant her spokesperson speaking um, the next day it was just very interesting how it just seems like there is no culture of accountability or even a care of or even a sense of just giving a damn mm-hmm. and um, it made made me wonder and uh, the big question for today is is democracy uh, pre- meant to protect the politicians while uh, while holding the rest of us to ransom. Is democracy... I mean, we, we look at this and we're saying, this is all democracy, right? Mm. Um, in any other type of governance system, uh, maybe we might have toppled them, maybe I don't know what, but we keep getting told, all right, five years from now, that's where you... that's what you, you, you can change the situation. You can go and vote. Yeah, vote yeah. In five years, this guy has managed to, and this is, he, he's managed to basically fire minister, bring our economy to the brink, all these things. So a lot can happen in five years and there's nothing we can do. It mm-hmm. certainly feels like there's nothing we can do. Um, we get told about the public protector, but recently it seems the public protector has been captured. We get told about parliament, and parliament, as we've seen, seems to protect the politicians rather than to rather than to represent the people. Uh, we get told about Chapter Nine institutions. The Auditor General comes out every year and speaks about fruitless, wasteful expenditure. It doesn't change. The Auditor General can do nothing about it. We get told about the courts, but they get there after the crime. So the question is: Are we just being held? to ransom democracy seems to be holding us back it's 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 got our hands tied up and there is absolutely nothing we can do how do we make this conversation more uh less academic because i often find that conversations about democracy and then we get into uh, systems and post neo this and post neo that and blah 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 and uh you know two party systems and blah, blah blah become so academic and so bloody boring how do we make this how do we make this conversation 
so that Andrew understands it. Well, first, first you bring a guest in who is who's just out of varsity, who's just out of varsity, okay, yeah, but yeah. is an is an amazing researcher and so on, and is brothers with Deep Fried Man. Uh huh. So you know you're going to have a very interesting type of a conversation, right? Uh, Second, and then you speak to Right to Know uh-huh. um, and find out what's going on there. They've been accused of being CIA spies and so on. So we've got somebody called Norman Greba. Uh, I've never heard of a CIA spy called Norman Kaeba, so you make it interesting in that way. And then we ask ourselves, how does this affect us, right? It is affecting us on a daily basis. Our taxes are going up mm. um, at the same rate. So, so the, the shortfall that they're making up for is the same amount of money that we lose through fruitless, wasteful expenditure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if this country goes 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 to pot, we're on our way down with it. So we make it interesting by understanding that this affects us directly. We make it interesting by wondering how the likes of Save SA uh, aim to save SA in a democratic way, because honestly, there is no other way, right? We've got a democracy, um, so we have to work within the confines of the democratic institutions. But don't you think we're wasting our time? You know, like this we is... are hundred percent wasting no, our time. No, I, I don't mean I don't mean the show. I mean. South Africans that are complaining about government all the time on Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, aren't we just wasting our time? Surely we need to just yes, yes, we are. get a well, little bit more What hectic. would you propose we waste our I time doing? Watching the bur- Kardashians? I think we need to start burning streets and stuff. I, I honestly think we need to go to I the don't think buildings. you really want that. I think I do. No, you don't. I think I, do. I think no, we need don't. to burn this place. How many opportunities? Like, on every, uh, on a daily basis, there are opportunities to burn stuff down. And you're not there because you really don't. And I think I'm that's part of the problem. That's, that, that's the whole I'm part that's, of the problem. That's the essence of it, right? We, that is the that is the alternative. Is that we move into that, but then the question is, when do we stop? Mm. Because then it then it becomes a cycle, a roller coaster, one, one after the other. When we're sick of Andrew, we're going to burn the streets, and then when we're done with Andrew and Rory comes in, we burn the streets, and then Raphael comes in, we burn the streets, and then our country becomes lawless. So mm. th- that's the flip side of it. Is a or is there something in between? Mm. Is there something that gives us uh, a perfect harmony between accountability for politicians, but the people being in power for real, but also gives us a type of stability that is required to to, to drive prosperity within the country? I'm just so sick and tired of seeing ministers' stark faces that they're getting asked questions about corruption, fraud, mismanagement of funds, and they think it's their right to not answer. They think it's their job to not answer. They They, think it's their job. Doing us a favor doing, by answering by these questions there, by, by being, being there. there. You know, it, like it, 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 this is the most frustrating thing. Is, is we're feeling very powerless right now, or at least I feel very powerless totally you, uh, as yeah. a citizen. Right? Uh, tell me that I must use my vote in five years. Five years is a very far away uh, time before before we can fix all of these things. But then again, uh, there's the flip side of it. Are we just the middle class throwing a temper tantrum? Mm. Um, because the, the, essentially. Jacob Zuma is the democratically elected president of our country. At least the ANC is a democratically elected party, and they have decided that Jacob Zuma should be our president. Mm. And that represents the will of the people, not just once, but twice, because he is serving a second term. Mm. So is it us that are the problem? Is it us that don't understand democracy? Um, Because ultimately, that is the will of the people, and we should get over it. Um, The fact that we're not getting our way seems to really... Get us uh, all angry and so or on. Fired but up. but, fired but up. that man, that man, uni- unequivocally represents the majority will of the people. And I suppose on the flip side of that, we saw in the local elections that when you don't perform, people boot you out. Yes, and and they've, so that's and good, they've, right? And they've certainly booted them out, but they haven't booted them out enough to make sure that they that they don't. Govern, or at least at a national level, so it means people might still be happy, and we just need to come to terms with it, get over ourselves. I think what we need to do is just kick people up the ass, like physically. Like, how cool would it be if we called a press conference <laughs> and Butterbila Dlamini was there, and then sorry, um, my friend, it is International Women's Day. I I counsel you to choose your words carefully. The Fine. next few words Fine. that I'm you so say, sorry. I so counsel sorry. you okay. as a friend. Okay. Fair enough. I counsel yep. you to choose them very carefully. I'll be quiet. Fair enough. Cool. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's get some uh, some some really interesting opinions, rather, and intellectual opinions, rather than just. Us talking rubbish here. We've got. I don't uh, like the fact that you keep saying we're talking rubbish. What's wrong with you? 
You're projecting. I'm self-conscious. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Me, 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 me. You're me. fine. No, me, my, my, Biko didn't die for me to come and talk rubbish. <laughs> I have made it. I am speaking. I am speaking on internet. I have made it. <laughs> oh my god. So, let's uh let's bring our guests oh. into the conversation. Uh we've got Raphael Friedman from the Helen Susman Foundation. Good morning, Raphael. Morning. Uh thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, happy to talk rubbish with you guys. If that's no. if that's what's demanded. You got to you got to come uh, closer to the mic. That's cool. What, there you go. There we go. Uh and then we've got we've got Nomangleba who who will be joining us from the Right to Know campaign. Uh Nomangleba Mbayo. Uh, good morning, Nomangleba. Nomangleba? Hello. Hello. Hi, Nomangleba. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Yourself? Fantastic. Thank you. So we've got Nomangleba Mbayo, who is from Right to Know. Um, guys, so we're talking today about whether democracy uh, is meant to protect the politicians or is rather holding the people to ransom. I think the the big the big questions here or the big issues that we have with democracy is that it is on the first instance slow to respond. Um, secondly, it seems to be rigged um, in favor of the politicians. It appears toothless. There's nothing we can do. You see what's happening now with the social grants situation. Um, this this was three years in the making, and and we have managed to do absolutely nothing, even with all of our democratic institutions. Um, and then it seems to also just be imperfect. It seems to just bring up – it holds us to ransom by giving us leaders that uh, just seem to be so incompetent. Is democracy, is democracy a plot against the people or is it supposed to support the people? Raphael. I, I think it's supposed to support the people and I think it's, it's most certainly not a plot against the people. Um, I think what we are seeing in some ways at, at a national level is a disregard of, of what should be integral parts of democracy. And fortunately, a lot of the time what we're seeing from normal citizens is is people trying to uphold democracy and people trying to to utilize uh their 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 uh their rights um in in order to hold politicians accountable democracy is is in some way slow but democracy isn't just about elections what happens in between voting days is just as important uh and and that's what we've we've seen in a number of ways over the last uh few few years and few months in this country um we need to remember, of course, that we're a constitutional democracy. The Constitution is not a check on democracy. It is a fundamental part of it. And those values need to be upheld. That's, by the way, when we talk about the social grants crisis on the 15th uh, of March, the Black Sash and, and Freedom Under Law taking the matter to the Constitutional Court, they're utilizing that element of their rights. Because I think we can probably agree that... 17 million grant recipients uh, didn't vote in 2014 to to have their livelihoods kind of used as a bargaining tool by by uh, any minister, or at least I think we can hope that's the case. Um, so so I think we need to, in some ways, just be more careful about strengthening our democracy, playing an active an active role. Uh, we don't elect politicians to give them the divine right to rule. We don't have a sort of election every five years and we go okay you can be you can be king you can be louis the 16th for the next five years go for it uh politicians need to every single day be accountable to the people and unfortunately we democracy isn't an algorithm we don't kind of type it in and all of the checks and balances work absolutely brilliantly um it it, it it requires an active citizenry it, uh, it requires people uh taking a stand and playing an active role in their democracy and it would be great if politicians just all of the time did exactly what we wanted them to do yo this guy's got airtime man my <laughs> word no clever tell us your thoughts quickly as we get the opening remarks from the politicians in studio here with like the perfect pr well for me south africa has a perfect democracy when it comes to paper and when it comes to practice, that's a completely different story. 
Because, you know, democracy doesn't only mean that when it comes to local um, government elections or even the bigger elections, um, that the politicians get a, 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 they get a, a space to come into our own community and talk to us about democracy. Your right to vote, you need to vote because your vote is your, is your voice. But at the end of the day, you find when it comes to practice, that is a completely different story. How many times have you had politicians coming back to the people to give them public participation about the issues that directly impact the people? Like this social grant thing we're talking about here. This is something that impacts the people, but we haven't seen anyone coming down to the people to say this is what is happening. Transparency and accountability. This is, we really lack, when it comes to practice in our democracy, really lack accountability and we really lack, you know, um, having to engage the people meaningfully for people to understand better. But because, you know, if, if you can you can invest in coming to, to, to advocate for people to come and vote for your party during elections. Why can't you do the same thing when something such as this one, 17 million people who will be affected who are grant beneficiaries, but nobody from the government. Even Lamini is, is, is going around and around and there's no transparency. So for me, this um, democracy we, we, we supposedly have is really, you know, for me, it's, it's I don't know. It seems like you're it, saying it, it's it a farce. Like, it looks like it's going to protect. It's protecting actually the politicians from me. Mm. So, so Nomaktaba agrees with us. Uh, you, you seem to think, Raphael, that no, um, it, it works. It's just we need to make it work. Um, how do we do that in an environment where, you know, there is just an overwhelming sense of powerlessness um, as, as a citizen who's sitting there? Uh, you speak about all of these different institutions. Yes, the constitution is there. Yes, there are, there are requirements that the politicians engage in transparent uh, processes and so on. But it seems those things just get peppered over. Um, just as, as something that is done for administrative purposes, but has ultimately no meaning. So what do you then mean and what do you say to those people in the communities when you say, no, 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 democracy is there, it's working? Why in the world would you say that? Is that not some sort of academic snobbery, uh, let them eat cake type of thinking? <laughs> mm. I would, yeah, I think the the, the starting point is to say, that clear, very clearly our democracy isn't working well because otherwise Andrew wouldn't want to, to burn things uh, on, on, on street corners. Mm, and mm. Uh, I think that if, if we feel frustrated, you, we certainly understand how people with fewer resources and fewer access to, you know, things that, that uh, will hold politicians accountable feel. And that's why we see violent protests and, and etc. But... It, to say that our democracy is is not working as well as it should isn't to say that we shouldn't still strive for a better democracy. A lot of what's holding us back, quite frankly, is anti-democratic democratic behavior. Social grants. The minister uh, over two years, three years even, ignored the constitutional ignored the constitutional court. Hmm. Um, but then the question is then wh what's the consequence? So so and that's the thing. We've got these beautiful institutions. We've got the constitution. We've got all of these things. There is no consequence. So so then how do we say that? Uh, you know. So who makes sure that this thing is supposed to work? I think we've seen those institutions don't always fail. They they work pretty regularly. Mm. Saw that in the Encandla case. We saw that in. Uh, in, in, uh, in fact, we, we saw sort of a much more beautiful display of it in some ways, uh, with the decision not to charge, uh, Minister Gordon. Basically what happened was the executive arm of government got really scared that people, including senior ANC people, were gonna protest and were going to Im embarrass the government and really show people's power. So there is an assault on institutions. Mm. From, from government. And it's, uh, you know, it, we, we see that 
give give the Huntington Foundation a little bit of a plug. Mm. It's why we're taking uh, <laughs> government this to court. Why, on this the is earth. why you guys get raided yeah, in the middle of the is, night by the problem, people. Yeah. This is exactly it. Is uh, <laughs> let me ask you something. We Let's didn't even get raided in the middle of the night. I think we got raided. I, I wasn't at the foundation yet. I think we got raided in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's wow. even worse. Even worse. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you something. You went to. You've just come from varsity, right? Yeah. I'm bringing this up not to to belittle you because you're clearly a very intelligent <laughs> man. Where did you go to varsity? Vets. You went to Wits. You studied international relations. I did. Do you really believe what you're saying right now? I mean, for real. Like, what is it? Because you, you're, you're towing a great line, which I'm loving and well done. The Helen Susan Foundation has really has plagued you well. Good media training. Now I want the Rafael Friedman that sits Shabbos dinner with Deep Fried Man and his dad, Stephen Friedman, <laughs> and talks straight about where South Africa is. What are you saying to your dad and your brother about where this country is. The the starting point there is what I've what I've been saying I think is 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 unlikely to get me fired, fortunately, but it is it is very much at the core of my beliefs. But our I think the most the most pressing danger to our democracy is an assault on institutions. That's not democratic. That's anti-democratic. And that's why you see challenges. That's why I'm plugging the fact that we've in the past challenged the appointment of the hawk's head, challenged the appointment of, of uh, or applied to, to have uh, the head of the NPA suspended. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that those institutions work. But mm-hmm. those institutions require active citizens as well. Mm-hmm. And... That's 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 the challenge. Is that I don't think I don't think it's it's democratic to appoint. You know I don't think it's it's democratic to to use your your majoritarian sort of power to to appoint people who clearly aren't fit and are, are pushing a political line. Mm. The question is how do we respond to citizens in a democracy? Mm. Nomad Kaiber, you work. Um, uh, we've lost Nomad Kaiber. Oh no, I don't know to what extent the Helen Suzman Foundation. Does work in the communities with activists like Nomad Reba. Um Andrew, you certainly work in the communities. You work. You work at the coalface. I think the question that I have is: is this is this sense more of a of a middle class temper tantrum? Is it is it something that we are the ones who are feeling it because we're the one percent and we feel that our our unjust rights and and power are at threat, while the majority really doesn't care. To be honest, they they care enough. They 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 don't care to the extent that they they're willing to vote for for uh, President Zuma again for a second term. So this clearly shows something, right? No one is coercing them to go and vote for the ANC. Uh, they've certainly shown their power and their will to change um, to change things when they need to in the municipal elections. What is what is it that we're seeing? Is this is this really just a, an issue of the middle class? Uh, the middle class, you know. Not being satisfied, and now what? Do, and then what do we do about that? I think in in some ways there is a bit of a trend in in middle class South Africa to to like really be quite upset that people don't vote the way we want them to. So we are anti democratic. No, we are. It, it's a trend all all over the world. It's disappointing when when you lose elections, but we're not anti democratic. Minority parties play a role in in any democracy. There was a great. Uh, in, in the British Parliament, there was a great exchange. This very old uh, conservative minister by the name of Ken Clark, and they were debating: should we, should we leave the, you know, should all, basically, should all MPs, because of the Brexit referendum, vote to say, to vote, vote to leave the European Union? And he said, "I've been in Parliament for forty years. I've contested twelve elections. I've campaigned for the Conservative Party every time. Sometimes the Labour Party's won. I've never rocked up in Parliament the week afterwards and voted for Labour Party policy because I think that that's how you implement the will of the people. You know, minority opinions matter, but we do need to respect the fact that there's, that a majority of people have chosen something and that, and that doesn't give government a right to not be responsive. But it does because they keep voting. So if, if I vote for the ANC, then I have voted for them to continue to do what they've been doing. This is not new. So what do I mean that it doesn't give them the right? Because it certainly does. Uh, that is why we continue to endorse it. Yes, except... No, the ANC's never run an election on, well, we're probably not going to pay you social grants on the 1st of April. Um, <laughs> we're going to be that entirely be honest. honest. I would like that. Yeah. I'd like that. I mean, I, I think they may lose votes for that, though. Mm. 
Mm. I get the feeling that people wouldn't like that. Here's my thing about this. Sorry to interrupt you. Here's my thing about this, which is interesting, is that, yes, the middle class are complaining, right? And for a, a small part of the middle class, life has got worse. But for the most part, life has got better, right? What about the people that did vote this party in, the people that did vote Zuma in, going... um you know, like, has their life become better? Is democracy actually helping them? But that's what we assume it isn't because we're sitting, we're sitting in, in our beautiful houses, uh, with picket fences. We're looking out and we're saying, oh, life must suck for them, but maybe their lives are better. So how do we decide as the middle class that, oh no, um, their lives haven't gotten better? Their lives certainly must have gotten better. Why are they, why do they continue voting for them? Mm-mm-mm. The notion that, uh, they are an unthinking mass is incorrect, I think, and, and, and certainly, uh, and certainly lacks any credibility. If you consider, Andrew, the show that we did on the, uh, on, on, during the municipal elections, mm-hmm. you remember that we went and sat outside a voting station. We yeah. asked people who they voted for. This was the middle class. We asked them, so who did you vote for? And they said, no, we voted for change. Oh, okay. So who are you changing from? Who was your councillor? And who is going to be a new <laughs> councillor? And they didn't know. Absolutely so, no idea. G- generally, we're all uninformed we're all an unknowing mess and uh, so so that also doesn't so this is a thinking people who have decided that they want the ANC in power and they endorse the ANC the, the, the leadership of Jacob Zuma of the ANC so who are we to come and say oh no they they seem to be making the wrong choice there was a horrific moment there where i thought you were going to ask who my ward councillor was um, <laughs> who is your ward councillor <laughs> i've Plead the fifth. fifth. It's your democratic right. Um, Yeah, I think we we can't we can't you know do this this thing that is quite common in 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 suburban urban areas and just go. You know, we, we, you know, we, you know, people are uninformed and they're just voting because I don't. You know, I think that quite frankly, if the DA ran a sort of household pet in a lot of suburban wards in the city. I think it would win with as big a landslide as a lot of ward councillors they run do. Mm. Um, but so that that is an important thing. We need to acknowledge that there is a popular mandate for the ANC. The ANC has a popular mandate and whether uh, that serves the, you know, our interests, certain people think, certainly a lot of people think it serves theirs. But that doesn't mean that we throw up our hands, step back and go, Great, we'll evaluate you in five years' time. Mm. We play an active role because that that's that's what it's about. And I don't, you know, there's thousands of protests in this country every year, many of them by people who've voted for the ANC because they want they they want the people they've elected to be accountable and to be transparent. Maybe it's not democracy that we're that we're stressing about. Uh, maybe we believe in studio. I'm talking about that democracy is good, right? The right of the people to have their say and elect who they want should be heard, because the alternative is probably quite horrendous. Maybe it's more in the processes of democracy that we have the major problems. So we've got good, supposedly good chapter nine uh, institutions. And I think they've shown off themselves to be really good. But Rory, you know, something that I was thinking about the other day was imagine a scenario where parliament was held to a little bit more account by us choosing not only the parliamentarians, but who then was in which ministry, if that was possible in some way or form. So it wasn't up to number one to choose who was going to be the minister of finance and, 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 and. It was up to the people in some kind of referendum to say, we think this person is the best person. But even to get that going would require a democratic process, right? You would need to, saying. I'm saying you would need to give a certain party the uh, a majority to change the constitution and allow that to happen because currently constitutionally it's a prerogative of, 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 of the president. Mm. So even that would require a democratic process. Now the question is, are politicians going to vote that they be disempowered? That, that's ultimately the big issue. And, and, and what do we do then, right? We, we're still, we're still, it still comes back to the top. It just still comes back to the issue that we are being held to ransom. Uh, even by the constitution, it appears. How did we get to a point where the constitution seems to protect the politicians more than it protects us? I'm not sure we're at that point. 
in, in, in what way are we at that, that point? Every now and then, uh, in, in a democracy, firstly, there is no perfect democracy, but in a democracy, the rule of law is important. And every now and then, politicians get away with things because they've done them by the book. Maybe they're unpopular, but let's use etols as an example. Mm-hmm. Etols were, were completely legal. Uh, Outer took the government to court on multiple occasions and lost almost every single time, as, I, as far as I'm, mm-hmm. as I'm aware. It's legal. It's an unpopular decision. But in the state of the province uh, two weeks ago, the premier said, well, we're not going to be tolling any more roads because the backlash was was so great. So the constitution's protecting, in some ways, our democracy. It's making sure that, as you know, things need to be done by the book, by people in charge. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean they're immune from a backlash from the electorate who, who don't like that. But again, this is the electorate, it's five years, it's every five years. In between that, what do we do? Because this, we can't, we, right now it seems that our democracy and the credibility of it and the stability of our country rests on the shoulders of underfunded civil society. Um, it, 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 it really does. So if, if Outa or the Helen Suzman Foundation or Right to Know or Section 27 or whoever else doesn't take this up in court, then we're screwed. We're all funded by the CIA. No. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> now we start playing on Friday night. No, okay. um, all right. No, the courts are important, but they're not the only thing. So they they are, I think, the the most direct uh, check on power. But we've seen a fair few times, and maybe we don't recognize it when it happens, but genuinely just public discontent leading to decisions being changed it should happen far more mm. um but every you know it but it is does that work. even democratic so public discontent uh, we see the likes of save a riling up the public they're trying to drive up public discontent we call that if that if we we, we take that to its logical conclusion we call that um regime change we call that the arab spring that's what we call it and that is not democratic so are we saying that we want to see that level of public discontent uh replace democratic processes i think it's if done right it's very much part of a democratic process mm-hmm. so if say this say we're going to to go back to the point when minister gordon was charged on the davis court appearance say say we're going to have a march, as did the EFF, I think as did the DA. And I think, if we're honest, one of the things that made sure that, that uh, Advocate Abrams withdrew the charges was that there was a kind of general fear that maybe it wasn't a good idea to have the image of the Secretary General of the ANC and a whole bunch of cabinet members marching with the minister to court with business and labor and civil society, because that kind of looks bad. That's not overthrowing the government. But let's, flip, saying, let's flip the script a bit. Let's assume that um, instead of instead of them marching for the Minister of Finance, uh, in this particular occasion, there was some horrible criminal. Horrible criminal. Give me an example of a horrible criminal. Brian Malefe? Uh, no, not Brian Malefe. That was like the most horrible criminal. And all his friends decided, you know what, damn it, we're going to march. Uh, we're going to march so that they release our guy. He has raped a a couple of people he's murdered a few um you know he's done all of these things we're gonna march and he managed to to and they managed to get a, a sizable amount of people marching with them right that undermines the legal process that undermines what should happen in the courts and so on and that fundamentally then undermines the institutions that we say are supposed to hold this democracy together so how do we then decide that okay this time is for the minister of finance we're going to assume that he's he's on the right side of the law because he's got all of this support. Those people, by the way, it doesn't matter how many they are, don't represent the majority of the country. So it is ultimately an undermining of democracy, isn't it? But there's a the, the point is the this this criminal who gets all of his mates to march for him isn't backed up by a general feeling. If you have you people who are good representatives feeling? of if you have people who are good re- well that's in some ways for government to do because in between elections you need to measure the general feeling so you don't lose the next one. That happened in Joburg and Trana and, and, and Nelson Mandela Bay. And, uh, those in power didn't really measure the feeling and they lost. So what you're saying is, are you going to lose the mobster vote 
uh, well, the mobster vote wasn't really keeping us in power, so we're probably fine. And they have every right to protest, but they don't really represent anybody apart from, you know, mobsters. Or are we looking at a, a group that's representing a really serious section of society? And if that group involves, that group doesn't need to have, well, we've got 50 million people in the country. We don't need, uh, to, you know, we don't need 25 million and one people to march. We need people who, we need big marches and active citizens, but we need people. And, but if you have people who are, if you can very clearly say the unions aren't happy and civil society isn't happy. And in fact, over there is the secretary general of the majority party. Maybe we're in a bit of trouble here. Maybe we need to be considering that actions like this. And in the case of that, I think we can be quite clear that it was, it was undemocratic and it was, it was for, for, uh, really malign uh, uh, motives, maybe we, we better listen to people on this. I'm interested in understanding what the alternative might be. I mean, we don't have much time left, unfortunately. Um, and this has been a fascinating conversation about democracy and if it's actually our friend. Unfortunately, we've lost Norman Kleber because of power failure in studio. So... Because yeah, so just just so everybody knows, we are we are, we are not <laughs> we're not silencing we're her. not silencing the right to voice. know campaign. Yeah, we're not we're not silencing <laughs> the right to know campaign. We lost her uh, because of power failure. Fair enough. Um, I'm interested to know the the alternatives between you two guys. I mean, w- what would those alternatives look like? If we said to hell with democracy, right? We threw it out, threw it all out. Baby with the bath water, it's gone, right? And we clearly know that um, we clearly know that communism didn't really work. Um, so that's our two. What could be the alternatives? Are there any alternatives? I mean, really, are there any alternatives? Or is the issue more that uh, alternatives, not so much to the democratic process, but alternatives to how we we enact democracy? I mean, do we still need a parliament, for example? We we are certainly all on social media. Um, we could all vote on, on different bills, or we could assign our rights to vote to somebody else. So, um, you know, let's say the Helen Suzman Foundation could say, we are standing on this particular issue, we are standing for A. And everybody that supports us can give us a proxy to their vote, and we will vote on their behalf. Those things shouldn't be difficult to do. So, what what's stopping us from from seeing those things happen? Is there anywhere in the world where those things are happening? There there is. To, I mean, if we want to go deep uh, deep into my first year politics class, oh, uh, yes. Switzerland has a has a system that's uh, that's based on on a lot much more uh, popular participation than it is on on representation. Uh, in Spain, uh, the left wing party uh, who, who won uh, the city of Madrid do do various you know, have a lot of online polls. Uh, maybe there, there's an argument for it. Uh, unfortunately, I think we don't really have as many people on social media. Mm, or on, uh, yeah. You know, we, we don't have, unfortunately, having a, a proper election where, and the IEC does like unbelievable work because it is difficult to get serious proper polling facilities to, to all parts of the country, but it's vital that they do. So, so we don't, I think we'd, we'd find it very difficult in this country to have a full on, uh, system where everybody kind of votes online or votes on every issue. It just really wouldn't be viable. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean parliament should. Parliament does, and it should be better at, at consulting people and at, at listening to citizens across the country. Uh, I think it would be certainly interesting to have a system where we all, Voted on every issue, not really viable, and there's there's a couple of arguments against it from a kind of theoretical perspective. But mm-hmm. I don't want to. No, please go. bore us. Please bore us. What are, are you saying? He's boring right now. No, Why he are you says there are a couple of arguments, but he doesn't want to bore us. I'm saying no. Go ahead and bore us. Why are you trying to put me into the hole? What kind of person are you? First Never mind, <laughs> Raphael. Um, no, people taking an active interest. Voting, etc., is very important. How it's done is is the issue. Mm. And I think if you look at the UK and Brexit, that's probably a, a, a pretty good example. Mm. Um, very t- take a very very complex issue and reduce it to a very simple question. Doesn't mean that normal citizens can't understand a complex issue. It means all the information you have is yes no. Mm. So there are there, there are, are ways. Yeah, there are ways, but it's, it's there there are drawbacks. The, I think the point ultimately is that 
Parliament is in some ways a good is 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 a very good parliaments are really important actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they Do you just think m- our parliament works well? Do you think they hold the voice of the people? Do I think they'll sometimes yes, sometimes no? That was a rubbish answer. I'm going to ask you again. Do you think that our parliament is working? This is well? what happened with Brexit. Everybody went just vote yes or no. It was a disaster. Do um, you think our parliament? I think our parliament works well on some issues and doesn't work well on others. I think, which issues does it not work well on? I don't think it holds the executive to account as well or as regularly as it should. And it doesn't compel the executive to be accountable to the public. We actually just saw a really good example of what it could do if it really wanted to in the SABC inquiry. In the SABC inquiry, but then we didn't see it in Scopa, which was quite weird. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Scopa is chaired by an opposition, an opposition MP, which is. is just even more ironic. It is. Um, I think what we saw in the SABC inquiry was was part of democratic pressure being exerted on the ruling party mm. and some of the internal dynamics there. Mm. Um, it would have been very good to see it in Scopa. At least, at least Scopa finally got the minister to answer some of the questions she'd been avoiding. And but, she, she could decide that she wants to leave early because, hey, you know what? What we're doing here is not very... And her, CFO, her CFO could come and say, you know, we're supposed to be solving the crisis instead of sitting here with you guys accounting. I mean, that's the most... I think that... That is at the core of what we need to combat mm. is and, – and the president actually uh, said it the other day – is this idea that, no, 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 we must get down to work. We mustn't be out there talking to people and accounting. We must really get down to work. Well, mm. no, you must do both. Part of your work is to account. Yeah. So so just give me an, an idea. If – if we were going to have a perfect system, according to the Helen Suzman Foundation, the types of programs that you guys are running, the types of campaigns that you're running, um, what would we fix in the current setup? What would we fix in the current setup? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, that's I know, know we know. always know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys, that's how, that's is, this Gar- is this what Gareth Cliff's going <laughs> on about uh, oh, you guys on, on Twitter? Yeah, this, this is how we always know that's that. A that's a very good someone. question, very good question. <laughs> I'd like to touch on that. And, it's a very uh, good question. On that, I'll leave. Um, I'd like to deep dive into that and loop back to another thing about a uh, grad school speak. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Go ahead. You've had enough time to think about it now. <laughs> We'd, Parliament would be more accountable to people. The executive would be more accountable to people. Parliament would play a more active role uh, in holding the executive to account and be and, and making sure that ministers and the president, etc., accounted. And finally, government and all parties would listen to court rulings, which sends very. It's a great concern when the the chief justice uh, and various legal organisations come out and say, you know, we don't feel we're being listened to. In a democracy. You really want people to be listening to court rulings as as well as other things. How do we make that happen though? So so we, we, we've identified what the problem is. Um, we realize that the politicians aren't going to vote to have – I mean, and this is across the board, right? It's not just the ANC. So, for example, we speak about party funding and the DA sides with the ANC on not being transparent on, on party funding. So mm. this isn't just an ANC thing. It's across the board. Politicians are looking out for politicians. So to, to, to how do we make sure? How do we go about – uh, ensuring so after diagnosing the problem, making sure that we actually make sure that uh, things happen because the politicians are certainly not going to do it. So what do we do? Do we need a Trump to run for elections? Maybe. Please, 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 no. <laughs> um, and I don't. I think that. Uh, yeah, I don't think Trump's going to get around to doing half the stuff he says he, he will anyway. So, no, we need. I think we need people to be. It sounds, it just sounds like the kind of stuff you get on IEC ads before the election, but in some ways it's so true is that every element needs to be, be backed up by, by people being informed and, and, and And getting their views out there and and being active. And we need to make sure that people are able to do that. And so, so give us examples, Andrew. You are an activist, so to speak. You work in in the community. So, I'd like a, a view from you as well. What are some of those platforms that people can be active 
uh, on? What, what must we do? Must we join political parties? Um, must we volunteer? What must we do? Andrew, you could have been, you could have been living a good life in corporate. You gave that up because <laughs> you want to change life. the world. <laughs> you want to change the world. Yeah. And, uh, you are, you're there in the streets of Jeppe's town. You are making a difference. Uh, Raphael, I assume the same for you, right? You could have been doing anything else and you've decided to go into this world, this unfunded civil society world where you probably asked to donate half of the salary you don't get. Um, so, so, so should we be doing what you guys are doing? Should we leave our jobs? What should we be doing? I don't think that, I think civil society is really important and people should play an active role in it. But that isn't limited, that isn't just limited to people in civil society or people who are engaged with these things. We all need to be making sure that that we hold our leaders to account. And we also, I think it's very important to make sure that those who aren't as well resourced as we are can hold their leaders to account too, so that we aren't the only voices. So when we go back to that discussion about middle-class people complaining in, in the suburbs, that those aren't the only voices that come, that come through. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of, of ways to do that. Uh, the courts are one, the chapter nine institutions are, are another. And, and we saw it that quite serious in public engagement. It was like the most remarkable thing with the public protector. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that, uh, the current public protector has all of our confidence, mm. but to have a country where everybody's up at midnight talking about Watching parliamentary TV. I don't know anybody mm. else in the world who watches part. Have you seen <laughs> parliamentary TV in yeah. most parts of the world? And yeah. here it's not, you know, mm. HD. It is not. But mm. there's uh, or or operated by an actual cameraman. But that's yeah. not the point. The point is that that kind of engagement is is really important, and that doesn't mean that's just civil society. Mm. We need to be making sure civil society and ourselves in civil society need to be making sure that. It isn't just our voices and it isn't just privileged voices being heard. Mm. It's voices across the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, even if, you know, even if we don't necessarily agree with them all the time. Andrew, so you are, you are in the streets of JP's town. You're doing something, but you feel that it's not enough. You, we need to be burning stuff up. I think that what's happening in South Africa at the moment is that a lot of what we're doing is maintaining the status quo. So you mentioned a really interesting thing, Rory, which you said, do we know that the masses are unhappy? You know, they're clearly not because they keep voting the same person in. Well, I'm not sure that's the, the real question or, or statement to be talking about. I think relativity is a bitch and relativity for the middle class and affluent and and the middle class being predominantly white has got worse since this government came in, you know, because obviously they were loving life in the lap of apartheid. And um, if you're part of the emerging classes, then you were in apartheid and you had absolutely nothing. So anything feels great, you know. The question is, is the status quo being kept by all this rubbish? Like, has the middle class actually got worse is it is life worse for the middle class you know jacob zuma uses public money to buy or to upgrade his house 250 million would that money have been seen anywhere else would would we have benefited from that money in any way yes or no probably it would have made no difference in our life whatsoever um the emerging classes probably would have made a big difference. The education crisis continues. We are not educating our people. Huge problem. Um, we've seen now with SASA that we're now not even paying grants. Huge problem, right? Um, what do we do about it? The truth of the matter is, Rory, I'm, I'm starting to question that. I, I don't have the answer, to be honest. Mm. I'm trying to do what I think is cool and right by getting more people telling more stories so that we can get more opinions on what's right and what's wrong in this country and just more stories out there. But I, I don't know. Um, should we be joining a political party? I think maybe that's probably the answer is to say, you know, all those um, – Political figures in the ANC get brought to the ANC by the local confederates. Should we be joining the local confederates so that we can make our voices heard? Probably. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I've been in politics. Um, 
And and you're right. The answer is probably not as easy, um, and it requires a range of things. But I think the biggest issue is probably something in the constitution because there has to be – ultimately, you want these changes to happen. They need to be within the constitution. Mm. Um, in order to change the constitution, you must give somebody power to change the constitution. But that person – not. Don't, doesn't just have power to change one thing, uh, governance. Thing. They have, yeah. Your, they they your then have the power thing. to change everything. <laughs> and now you can't trust the guys. So now you're stuck. So then the question is, is what do we do? And it, it feels to me like right now we're leaning heavily. So we were leaning heavily on the public protector's office um, when Tulima Doncella was there. And, and she took a lot of beating. And it requires somebody special, I think, to be able to withstand that type of pressure. Um, and then she left some Somebody else came in. Now we're unsure where she stands, and now we're leaning a lot towards the courts. The courts can't intervene unless somebody refers this thing, and the justice system, with all its imperfections, is expensive and so on. So we, we then re- rely on civil society. Civil society goes and does its thing. Who funds civil society? Then we have a problem again because who funds civil society? It's the corporates. The corporates then drive the civil society agenda and ultimately nothing changes. Mm. And it leads us feeling once again that we are just powerless. So I don't know where this conversation ends. Raphael, how do we, what do we do? Is the answer so? So we ask the question: Is democracy holding us to ransom and protecting the politicians? Is that a yes or a no? You said we simplify. We've simplified the question. It's now a yes or no. Is democracy protecting the politicians and holding us to ransom? No. You want to say a simple yes? That's, or no? that's fine. Yeah. So, so then, what do we do? So, so leaving the studio now, what do we do? You're going back to work. The two of us also go to work, but. How do we make sure that this thing works for us then, if the answer is no? We do what we can to to strengthen it. What is what we can? What we can. So firstly, uh, you know, at its most simple, we vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think that a political party shares your your uh, line, I don't. But if you if you do, be active in it, um, or be active in in organisations that. You, you care about, but ultimately, I think it's about there being a there being making sure that there are platforms and making sure that we use those platforms to make it to make it uh, to 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 make it clear where where people stand, and those that includes the courts, that includes chapter chapter nines, um, but it also just includes general public participation. And that is that. that I mean, that's it. That's really it. There you go. I no. think we're nowhere. I think, I think, <laughs> there we go. I, I think agree. we spent one hour being nowhere. I is agree. my feeling. Well, but that, that's because that's the nature of what's happening right now. We are nowhere, and uh, and I think it's something that requires even greater conversation and dialogue for us to figure out where we where we need to get to. Rafael Friedman, thank you very much for coming in and giving your thoughts. Uh, Rafael's from the Helen Sussman, uh, Sussman Foundation. Uh, continue doing the good work, my young man. You're amazing. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks to Nomak Leba, who unfortunately we lost very early on, but uh, thanks to her for joining us. She sounds like a firecracker. Yeah, we, we must get her back get her on back. Right to Know. Absolutely. See how we've killed even the Right to Know. We silence Right to Know. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a lovely, lovely day forward. It's Frankly speaking, we're asking the hard questions. Sometimes we don't get the answers we want, and sometimes we've got to keep pursuing. Yeah, we need to keep on digging. I think that's 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 ultimately the point. All right, let's get out of here. Peace. Ciao, Cliffcentral.com.